0: Hi, my name's Andy Chamberlain. I'm a writer and creative writing tutor and you are listening to the Creative Writers Toolbelt, the podcast that gives you practical, accessible advice that you can apply straight away to your own writing. I want to start by saying a big thank you to those of you who have bought a copy of my short story, Travelers Blues, A Mystery in Space, and especially to those of you who have written a review of it. I'm glad so many of you have really enjoyed it and I appreciate your support. I'm going to start referring to the story in this episode and we will continue to use it as a source of examples from time to time in future episodes. If you haven't got a copy it'll cost you a dollar or the equivalent in your own currency and it's available at all the major ebook providers that's traveller's blues a mystery in space by andrew j chamberlain So in some other news, I'm going to be speaking at the Lakes School of Writing course in the Lake District in Cumbria, and that course runs from the 9th to the 13th of November. This year we're going to be exploring the art of story and biography. If you're interested, go to my website, that's www.andrewjchamberlain.com, or you can drop me a line if you want more information, andrew at andrewjchamberlain.com. If you'd like me to speak at your writing group or conference again just drop me a line and we can have a chat about that. So in this episode we're going to explore a bit further the six stage story process that I introduced in episode 34. You can find an infographic of that process in the show notes which are at www.pinterest.com. Just look up the creative writers tool belt there. So one thing before I start to explain the six stages is to say that when you hear about them remember they aren't like equal chunks of the story. I haven't got a storyline and then cut it into six equal lengths in fact some of these stages take up quite a large part of a story whilst others are just moments in the story turning points in the narrative So let's have a look at those six stages in more detail. Stage one, at the start of the story, you have some key objectives to achieve. First of all, grab your reader from the start. Well, in episode 30, I talked about writing a compelling first line. And more generally, the start of your story, the first sentences and paragraphs should be used to draw in your reader. The reader should be intrigued by something in that very early stage of your work. Next, you have to use this opening stage of your story to set out your stall, setting, character, whatever you need to present the flavour of your story. The reader should feel as if they're getting an understanding of your setting, becoming acquainted with your characters and they should also feel secure and comfortable with your voice. Now often a writer will stop with these two first objectives. So you feel like you've grabbed your reader, you've compelled them into your story and you've set out your stall for what the story is. But there's a third objective that you need to achieve in this first stage of the six stage process and it's this. At the beginning of this story you're not just setting out your stall. You're preparing the way for your story to really begin. And the best metaphor I have for this, and which I keep coming back to in my own mind, is that this early stage of your story is like a pregnancy. And the birth is where the story takes off, where things really get going. And that point in time is often referred to as the inciting incident now if you haven't heard of the inciting incident before don't worry I'll come to a definition in a moment for now just as an example think about the Lord of the Rings think about those early chapters before Frodo sets off with Sam think about when Bilbo has his party and Gandalf is flitting back and forth and Bilbo has such a struggle to leave the ring so yes certainly Tolkien is setting the scene in those early chapters and he's introducing characters but we discern something else here we begin to realise that there's something not quite right there's something that has to be addressed here there's an uneasy in those chapters, I suppose another metaphor for it is there are gathering clouds and the storm has to break to really get things going. So that unease which readers sense in the early part of the story draws them towards the inciting incident. In The Lord of the Rings, I think that inciting incident is when Frodo discovers the true nature of the ring and is compelled to leave the Shire with Sam. So that point in the story marks a transition. That is the point where we stop thinking that there's something not quite right. There's something a little bit uneasy here. And we begin to face the fact that there are some actions that need to be taken. And so that moves us on to stage two, which is the inciting incident. Just exactly what is this inciting incident? What does it mean? Well, you can think of the inciting incident as the point where the story really gets going. It's the point where the author stops setting the scene and when we see the real story start. And I think it's best understood with examples. So here are three quick examples, courtesy of the website nownovel.com. So, for example, the inciting incident in the first book in the Hunger Games series is that moment when Katniss's sister's name is drawn and Katniss decides to take her sister's place. The sense of foreboding that we've got is suddenly crystallized in that particular moment. Another example, it's the moment in The Wizard of Oz when Dorothy is picked up by the cyclone and whisked away. Or, as a third example, that original Star Wars film, the first one that came out. It's the moment in that film where Luke sees Princess Leia's message. That's the moment where his adventures really begin. So those are the first two stages for the story. Stage three spans quite often a very large section of the story, from the inciting incident to the crisis of the story. So this stage represents that part of the tale where you are carrying the reader to the point where things will be resolved once and for all but one thing to think about now is this stories are often represented diagrammatically as a hill you climb the hill on one side and fall swiftly down on the other and the thing about a hill is to climb it you need momentum you need energy and that's just the same in a story at this stage when you come to the third stage of your story you need energy and momentum to carry the reader through Stage four is a crisis, and word crisis here does not necessarily mean everything's gone wrong and everything is bad. In fact, the best way to interpret the word is to go back to its original roots in the ancient Greek language, and there it refers to... The point where you have to make a decision and that's a good way to think of this stage of the story the characters make choices and take actions to bring them to this decisive moment the crisis point before the great climax of your story and at this point we see a kind of paradox in how stories work and the paradox is this in any story to come to this crisis point requires the characters to have made certain decisions and taken certain choices earlier on perhaps they've made decisions all the way through the story to get to this point It seems, as you go through the story, as if they could have chosen one of many different paths. And yet, with hindsight, when we reach the crisis as readers, it seems to us inevitable that we would have reached that point. It had to happen. The crisis has to be arrived at by choice, but it should also feel inevitable. Now, this is a paradox which was recognised and expressed by Aristotle 2,300 years ago when he said that one of the hallmarks of a good story is that this crisis point is both inevitable and unexpected. We're aiming for the reader to think that the characters are making choices and exercising agency but when you get towards this finishing stage of the story it must seem inevitable that we've got to the place that we've got to. By way of example think about all the choices that Frodo has to make in The Lord of the Rings before he confronts Gollum at the end and yet when he does confront Gollum we know that he had to do that. Think about all the choices he makes all the way through the story before he has to confront his own feelings about the ring he's making many different choices and there are many circumstances that impact on him and yet we know that he has to come face to face and confront the ring at the end now as Robert McKee says in his book story the crisis presents an irreconcilable choice to the protagonist you can't have both options and earlier I said that these stages are not uniform some are long sections of the story others are moments now the crisis is a moment this is the point before the story plunges into the next stage the climax the final climax of everything this is the tipping point before we reach that climax and so that brings us to stage five of our six stage process which is the climax the battle if you like in the story although it might not by no means needs to be a physical battle in fact there can be no violence at all in it but the climax must be full of meaning and i tend to think the hallmark of this stage is that there is a clash of values two opposing desires two opposing worldviews two forces that just cannot coexist they must oppose each other and one must win and one must lose and this section of your story is ushered in by the moment of the crisis the action now must be clear and evident and compelling and once that climax has resolved itself we have the final closing stage and this is stage six of the six stage story process the resolution which is where we can see the consequences of the outcome of the climax and then the close of the story and it's at this stage again according to McKee that three things have to happen first we can tie up any subplots that are still running secondly we can show the wider implications of the results of that climax and finally, we can let the audience catch their breath and come down, as it were, from the tension and the drama and the suspense of what's just happened. For example, in The Lord of the Rings, in this stage in the story, we still have a subplot which is the reclaiming of Hobbiton. We still have a subplot to work out as well in terms of Frodo's departure by boat into the West. So all of that is dealt with in the resolution. We also see some global consequences of the individual actions of the characters. The whole of Middle-earth is going to be different because because... because the ring is destroyed because frodo and the fellowship have been victorious now as i mentioned if you would find it helpful to see a visual representation of this six stage model just go to the show notes at pinterest that's pinterest.com and look up the creative writer's tool belt you can drop me a line if you want to and i can send you a pdf of it Now, I want to ground all of this story theory that I've been talking about with an example. And I'm hoping it's an example that most of you will know. What I'm going to do is translate these principles that I've been discussing into an old English fairy tale, Jack in the Beanstalk. First of all, very briefly, let me tell you that story. Jack is a young boy living with his widowed mother. And really the only source of income they've got now is a milk cow. And when the cow stops giving milk, Jack's mother has Jack take the cow to market to be sold. On the way, he meets an old man who offers him magic beans in exchange for the cow. And Jack makes the trade. When he arrives home without any money, his mother is furious, throws the beans out on the grass and sends Jack to bed. A gigantic beanstalk grows overnight, which Jack climbs up to a land high in the sky. There he comes to a castle that is the home of a giant. He asks at the door for food, and the giant's wife takes him in. When the giant returns, he senses that a human is nearby, but he doesn't find him. Instead, he decides to count his money. Eventually, the giant falls asleep, and that's Jack's moment to steal a bag of cold coins, and make his way back down the beanstalk to escape. Jack returns up the beanstalk twice more. He learns of other treasures that the giant has and steals them when the giant sleeps. First of all, a goose that lays golden eggs and then a harp that plays by itself. However, when Jack is trying to steal the harp, that instrument cries out to his master, the giant. Just as Jack is running off with him, the giant wakes up and chases Jack down the beanstalk. When Jack is back on solid ground, even as the giant is climbing down the beanstalk above him, Jack goes off and asks his mother for an axe. He takes that axe and before the giant reaches the ground he cuts down the beanstalk causing the giant to fall to his death. Jack and his mother then live happily ever after with their riches that Jack stole from the giant. Let's see how the story splits up in the six stages. Stage one, context. Jack lives with his widowed mother. They are poor. She tells him to take their cow, the last of their possessions, and sell it. But he exchanges the cow for some magic beans instead. Mum's not pleased. She throws the beans into the garden and sends Jack to bed do you see how, even in this fairy tale, the objectives of the first stage are being addressed. We're captured by the story. We have some setting and some characters being set out. And we also have a sense that all is not well. Stage two, the inciting incident. Overnight, the beans, because they're magic, grow into a gigantic beanstalk, which reaches all the way up into the sky. Stage three, the rising action or momentum stage. Jack climbs up the beanstalk and finds a house where a giant and his wife lives. He asks the giant's wife for food. She takes him in. The giant returns and smells a human in the house. When the giant is asleep, Jack steals the giant's money. He returns and steals other things, the goose that lays golden eggs, and then he attempts to steal the harp. When Jack leaves with the harp that sings, that harp calls out to the giant who wakes. This is all part of the momentum of the story. And the reader is pushed through the story by the events as they unfold. But once that giant is awake and sees Jack and starts chasing after him, we have reached the crisis point. That's the point where we know this story is going to come to a head. The giant wakes up sees Jack, decides to chase him. Now, perhaps you can just see the paradox. When you think about it, in this story, we realise that Jack and the giant are going to have to confront each other at some point. There's going to have to be some resolution involving those two characters. And yet, to get to this point, we've seen Jack make decisions and choices. But there's one single point that we had to come to. So the crisis has been reached and then we move to stage five, the climax. The giant chases Jack down the beanstalk. Jack reaches the bottom, gets an axe from his mother, chops down the beanstalk. The giant falls to his death. Stage six finally in this stage we get to the resolution and the new order of things and that new order of things is that now the giant is dead and jack and his mother who were poor are now rich and now the readers is allowed to come down from the drama of the climax and we tie up a subplot the poverty of the widow and her son is resolved by the giant's riches and we now have a new context jack and his mother are happy and well off If you read my short story, Traveller's Blues, you will be able to see the six-stage story process in practice in that. The first stage focuses on the relationship between the two characters, Blake and Tash, on the space transport ship, Valentine. In this first stage, we see the characters, their setting, the kind of work that Blake does, and then we see what Tash does, an action that forms the inciting incident. Tash waves goodbye to Blake, and then, unsuited, walks out of the airlock to her death. You can download the story to see what happens next, and from a writer's point of view, see how this incident leads into the third stage of the story and then beyond to the subsequent stages. So those are our six stages of story. How do they apply to your story? Now as you start to use it remember this process is here to help you to serve you in your writing. If you can't make your story fit this process don't worry the important thing is to use this process as a tool to help you. The six-stage process is there to benefit your story not to test or judge it. So that's it for this episode. Today, I have used the following sources. The website nownovel.com. I have referred to Aristotle from 2,300 years ago. Story by Robert McKee, published by HarperCollins. I've also made reference to the English fairy tale Jack and the Beanstalk, to J.R.R. Tolkien's Lord of the Rings series, and to my own short story, Traveller's Blues, A Mystery in Space by Andrew J. Chamberlain. In the next episode, we'll look in more detail at the first of these six stages of the model. I hope you found all this helpful. As ever, if you have comments, please do get in touch. You can write to me by email, andrew at andrewjchamberlain.com. I'm also on Twitter at writerstoolbelt. So that's it for now. My thanks as ever to Podcast Themes for the music, and thank you to you for listening. Until next time, goodbye. <laughs>